welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wanting the world over the platform they deserve. I'm your host, Nathan Raglan, and for this week's episode, well, I can't think of a better way to describe it than for us to delve into the mind of an incredible animator. Today we have Alistair Boobly, an incredible animator with a galaxy's worth of ideas out there in the world, with his biggest one being developed called Hugo's Mind Palace. This was an incredible guest that was recommended to me by the wonderful George Edwards. And I can let you guys know right now, the conversation we had was absolutely wonderful, and I sincerely hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. If you enjoy Alistair, make sure you take the time to check out the links in the description below and make sure you support him all that you can. He is sincerely doing some incredible stuff and you guys need to support him. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Leave five stars wherever you can. I see that stuff and I absolutely love it. If you want to go a little bit further with that support, maybe you should consider going to the merch shop at pmap.creator-ring.com. There you can find some outstanding designs done by some incredible artists to provide you some stunning streetwear that I think you would look fantastic in today. And hey, if all you want is a nice, cool community to where you can come together and talk about some of these incredible guests, maybe you should consider joining the Discord server, the Artist Sanctuary. We have developed an incredible, fun little group that I love the interactions we've been having. The memes have been developed. Uh, the emotes that Drags has just been developing for the server alone, I cannot get enough of. And I think you guys will have a fun time if you join today with the link in the description below. But now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm alright, I'm not too bad. I'm to just been uh, working on some stuff, but yeah. Ooh, How's good. your day been? Uh, it's alright, it's just started not too long ago, so I mean, I'm still just getting in the groove of things, but this is certainly yeah, a big yeah, step yeah. in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, because it's, yeah, I forgot, because you're, what, what, you're in, uh, where are I'm, you based? I'm in, based in Georgia on the East Coast, so it's about, oh, you know, okay. I, I, I stayed up a little later, and I woke up fairly, I mean, I woke up around, like, I guess, 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m., Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to get my sleep schedule back on sort of that track, because I've been waking up at, like, 11 every single day, it's been yeah. really bad, <laughs> but, yeah, it's... And, I would this love I, I would love to wake up at like eleven every single day, but my work has me wake up at like five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning. So yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I guess that's the perks of being a uni student. It's just fucking don't have to don't have to <laughs> don't have to get up early. I guess. Oh yeah, but, well, yeah. The, unless you choose to torture yourself with early classes, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, my my, my uni course, I'm doing animation. It's uh. A lot of the classes are usually around 10 a.m. Okay. And, like, we basically have about two or three a week. And most of them, like, I, d I just don't go to. But <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, I, I don't know. So it's, I, I, yeah. I was going to say, I'm also not too far removed from the university experience myself. So I, I trust me, I get it yeah. just like, you know, again, you can totally find a way to where you don't have to have any classes after, like, noon or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or, depending on what classes you pick, you're gonna have to get up at the mm. butt crack of dawn just to make sure you get the class yeah. on time, you know? Exactly, yeah, yeah. I think I think it might be slightly different in America and England, because here it's, it's we don't really, like, 
choose classes. Okay. I, and we, we we don't have like you know how you got you guys have like majors and minors. Right. I think, right. Right. Yeah. We we don't have that. We just have a course that we just okay. do, and everyone just comes to the classes, and some of them are mandatory, some of them are. Okay. So you just sort of like make a decision based on that. So it's it's I think it's slightly different. So I think it might be a, a bit more chill. I don't know. I, American uni seems a bit more intense to, from what I've heard, but it it can be intense if the student allows it to be intense, but it can also be very yeah. chill depending on you know what you choose. Like I said, you know we have like majors and minors or whatnot. When you choose that, you have like a good range of classes that you get to yeah. choose from, and again, they could range from very early in the morning to very late in the evening, depending on what you pick. Yeah. Some of them are obviously you have to have like certain classes that are mandatory, and sometimes you have to have those mandatory classes super duper early yeah, or whatnot. Exactly. So. Yeah. But then you also get like, the collectives. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It might just be my university, who knows? But yeah, yeah. I mean, every yeah. every experience is going to be different, no matter what, right? I mean, every exactly every system. Where are you yeah. studying, by the way? If I may ask, uh, I'm I'm in Bristol, Bristol, uh, right? in in England. So okay. it's uh, yeah, so it's one of the major cities, but um, yeah. Uh, I'm, so I'm studying technically in University of the West of England in Bristol as okay. the animation course there. As well as I've heard of Bristol here and there, whatnot. I I I haven't been to England. I'd love to at some point, but yeah, I've heard mm-hmm. of I've heard of Bristol uh, with you know some of the bigger I guess bigger names or whatnot. But I didn't realize there was a I, I didn't realize there was a university there. So that's cool to hear. No yeah, yeah, there's there's two. So there's well, there's Bristol University, which is more sort of academic, and then there's okay. UE University of the West of England in Bristol, which is more like art kind of stuff. Okay. Um. Yeah, but I mean, like the reason I chose Bristol out of like everything else is because it's that's where you know like Wallace and Gromit and like Sean the Sheep and everything oh okay Aardvark series that's where, yeah Ard, exactly Ard, yeah, Ard, yeah. is it Aardman or Aardman Aardman yeah. there you go my bad yeah <laughs> Aardvark studios <laughs> I like that <laughs> I mean I, I'm, I'm sure there has to be some connection to the Aardvark when they chose their probably, name Aardman <laughs> probably yeah <laughs> no, I, I didn't realize they were based out of there though that's incredible to hear more than anything else. yeah 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 so I mean that's, that's why I chose it because I was like oh this is where Aardman is okay okay because this is like <laughs> I guess it's like that's the only like that's another thing that I was going to bring up is that like in England we don't really have like animation in the same kind of way that you guys have in America like we don't have like a cartoon network or like a Disney everything is in America so the the biggest thing we have is like Shaun the Sheep and Wallace and Gromit and stuff like that so it's like yeah. it's interesting but I mean it's different I mean correct me if I'm wrong I'm sure that like I'm sure you guys have you guys have like some de- a few dedicated studios like here and there at least when it comes to England or whatever yeah, no, it's, it's not yeah. but it's not like you were saying it's not like the powerhouse that you would hear whenever you hear like a yeah. cartoon network but then again you also look at the powerhouses right now and I don't know if you noticed they're kind of on fire um, just yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of going down the gutter it's, it's kind of going down the shitter a little bit not gonna lie <laughs> oh no you yeah, can lie about it yeah, no, Max it stuff is it's not great it's not great yeah. oh my god you're telling me I have like I've had some people that I've obviously talked with on the podcast or whatnot that are working with like some of those studios or whatnot. And there are people that obviously a lot of people that I bring on the podcast are trying to like make it to that point, you know, work yeah. with studios like okay. that and seeing everything yeah. just like burn into a pile. Right yeah. now. <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing is that it's literally like I, my, my dream used to be like, Oh, I want to go to Cartoon Network. I want to work at Disney, all these, right. you know, like that's, that's every animator's dream is like, I want to work at Disney or I want to work at Pixar or whatever. That used to be the dream, you know, like everyone has that. But now I'm, like i don't think i would enjoy it that much it doesn't seem like i would actually enjoy working somewhere like that i'm like of course like if, if anything like that ever came up i would take it 100 percent. Right. but it's like i don't think i don't think that traditional process is as interesting as i think 
we think it might be i think that, like a lot of what's happening now is with you know like inter independent artists on youtube yeah. and you know like online stuff like that's that's becoming massive like has been hotel however boss mm -hmm. those sort of shows are like they're massive now and they were completely made independently i think that's i think genuinely that is the future for independent animation or at least animation that is actually free of exp you know free for expression and yeah. can actually be you know made independently. I think that's you know a, a, the future at least. I mean, you you've been I mean obviously as, as someone that is a independent animator yourself trying to make your own independent thing and whatnot, you must be amazed seeing just kind of the stuff that people are able to produce and people are pushing out there more than anything else. Like yeah, it's insane that people are going forth with that kind of stuff. And, like, the, the amount of freedom and the amount of creativity that just oozes out of every single project that people are doing more than anything else. And, mm, like, mm. You, like, that used to be, like, the standard bear for, like, those big studios. But, like, Indy's the way to go. But also, like, it's so fucking hard. <laughs> I know. I know. But it's, it, it, it is hard, but it's exciting. It's like a yeah. new frontier that we've never had before kind of thing. So I, I, I quite like that kind of, um the the kind of, yeah, like, it's, it's an exciting new kind of world that uh, I'm, I'm really, like... I'm, I'm interested in, in entering kind of thing. There you go. You know, I was, I was not, gonna say, not just going for the traditional sort of ways. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, hey, if nothing else, if you want to stick with somewhat traditionals, I mean, Cartoon Saloon is, I mean, based out of UK, if I mm. remember correctly, is, that, is it UK or Ireland that it's based out of? Um, I think it, I think it might be Ireland. I think it might be. I don't know. I, I, either way, in the, in the quote unquote mm, British Isles, more or less. Like yeah, it's, in, the in that UK, basic, yeah. United Kingdom. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and even then, like over there, like goodness, they are pumping out some incredible stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Word. Yeah, I think I think independent is definitely the way to go. Just like also, like because I I watched the the most recent episode of Owl House recently. Yes. Um, I was just I was like I love it so much, but it's just like. It's, it pissed me off so much that they just got completely cut. Like, they're just like, oh, okay, you're getting three specials and you're done because yep. you had, like, one gay kiss. It's like, Ooh. I just, I hate that so much. It's like, I don't know, it, it pisses me off. So I think having that freedom to, you know, just be able to make whatever you want independently is really important. I do have two slight little bits of hope because, one, I remember whenever the initial thing was announced or whatnot, I remember uh, the creator, Dana Terrence, was initially like, you know, hey – you know, if people showcase like a lot of love and support for this kind of stuff, it might persuade yeah. the executives to like push more past the mm. three specials or whatnot. And then secondly, I don't know if you also saw this, but they, uh, they also did another interview after uh, Thanks to Them came out talking about like this was the first time the executives actually saw the connection between the online audience and the actual viewership. Like they oh. actually saw that like it's not yeah. just something just randomly trending on Twitter. It's one of those people are genuinely loving this and watching there, this. There is a community online that actively wants this to the, be made. There, like, it's, there, yeah. There's an actual audience that is willing to put mm. forth the viewership and the money to see this stuff yeah. keep going. So yeah. I'm not yeah. banking on it but there might be an opportunity might <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's hard though because i mean they, they were they were cut like or they were given three specials and they were like okay you're not getting any more after this so i would assume that they they had planned for the three specials to be the f finale of the show so i don't know how they would continue after that if they did if they were given more i mean it with, might be a steven universe future situation where they get like a epilogue kind of series something like that maybe with how good the storytelling has been with the owl house so far i'm sure dana has like a fail safe option of a way of how to yeah. make this thing work i mean just seeing yeah. again the storytelling that they've been able to talk the to present so far how how deep the universe is more than anything else like there's several mm. opportunities if given the opportunity 
So. Yeah, well, I mean, I, th I mean, Dana's always drawing the characters like older, aren't, isn't she? She's yeah. always like, she's always drawing this little. I don't know. I always see her on Instagram, like drawing like lose. There's like a, I don't know, young in her young twenties or like whatever, like late teens kind of thing. So they could do something like Steam vs. Future, where it's like, oh, after everything's over, but they're they're all grown up and they're all doing their life. You know, I feel like something that like that might be possible, but you know. I guess we'll I feel just like have to, we just have to keep watching and hope and wait and see. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. But I mean, like, it's it's about bloody time. Like, like, how have they not realized yet that like the the internet is like where everything happens, where like the fan base exists. Like, well, there are people who casually watch on TV, but the ninety percent of the people who are actually engaging with this are online. I don't know how they haven't like caught on to that. Like, they've only just now caught on to that, which well, is ridiculous. Cons but. Let's consider the fact of the. Uh, I guess the best way. Of would put this as kind of the uh, the the drift or the chasm that is between executives and audience. Executives are people that yeah. have a business mentality that have been that are probably True. upwards of fifty years old, so they have like an old school mentality when it comes to stuff. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, the audiences say is so wide and so diverse, especially with the internet audience. A lot of them grew up on the internet, so they know how things work when it comes to the internet. Compared yeah. to the executives that know just like traditional stuff and they're still trying to catch up with some of that stuff. I, that's, yeah, yeah. That's my theory, at least. So yeah. I guess just give it time, yeah, because eventually at one point we will be the ones who will be the executives in the sense of like our generation will one day become those old people who will be at the top. So there might be some new thing in the future that, that we won't understand. We'll be like, what? What is this? VR cartoons? I don't uh, understand. Like, you know, we'll, we'll be like, what? So and then and then all these like young kids will be like, you don't understand. You're not you're not supportive. You know, so it's like we, we have to give it time and, you know, things evolve through generations kind I of thing. Say, I, say, I feel like we're already starting to experience that with some of the metaverse stuff, but ugh, I don't want to oh, talk God, about that. Yeah, I don't no. want to talk about that. <laughs> no, no. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Also, I'm just going to go ahead and say thank you so much for keeping in touch with me and taking the time to sit down and do this. Um, I know when Ed mentioned you to me in the first place, I knew I wanted to have you on because the stuff that you're developing and whatnot, I just think is incredible. Like, it's cool what you oh, got developing. You. Um, I didn't expect him to go out of the way to go ahead and ask you ahead of me, but you know what? But that's yeah. fine with me. <laughs> you know, he, he DM'd me on Instagram and emailed me, and I was like, oh, right, okay, cool. And I was like, I, I've never heard of this before, and, I, and I, I checked you out, and I was like, oh, my God, you've got so many cool people on the podcast, and it's, mm. it seemed really nice. And I listened to a couple of them, and I was like, this is this is really nice. I, I like this. So I was like, I'm, I'd be honored to be on it. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here. So oh, thank you very much for – You're just trying to yeah. flatter me. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, uh, uh, please, please continue. Yeah. It, I, I, I'm going to ask just selfishly, but is there like a particular episode or a particular guest you were like just amazed with, whether it be the conversation or the fact that I just got them in the first place? I, I love the fact that you somehow got Kevin, uh, what's his name? Kevin, Kevin Temmer? Uh, Tammer? Yes. Emma, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I say I'm amazed. I don't even fucking remember his second name. But yeah, no, I, I just, because I, I, I love his videos so much. I love like What's the Matter, Martha, yep. all, all his like classic videos, everything he's done. And I saw like, oh, I was like, looking through a video. I was like, he got fucking Kevin on there. I was like, oh my god, this is incredible. Yeah. So then I was like, yeah, I mean, to be even in the same league of like, you know, being on a podcast with someone who's also got Kevin on there, I was like, that's amazing. Look, I'm yeah. just I'm just as amazed as you because the reason why I was able to get Kevin is because he followed me on Twitter. Like, uh, like right, right. Like, wait, like this was like episode thirty something because I got him for episode forty nine. So like episode thirty something, he just followed me randomly because a couple of the people that yeah. I had on the podcast before he recognized mm. and was like we're friends. But it's like, well, yeah, I'm gonna follow this person. They 
they seem cool or whatnot. And I yeah. eventually worked up the courage to ask him, like, hey, you uh, want to come on the podcast? <laughs> you the podcast, please? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's it's like amazing when you realize like that like the people that you look up to or the people that you think are like he's untouchable. Like, oh my god, they're so amazing. They're like they're just people. Like they're yes. just literally like but like that. That's ninety percent of this industry is just making connections with people. I, like, I've literally yeah. said over and over again when it, when people ask me how'd you get such and such how'd you get such and such how yeah you know, what's your secret how'd you do that and i literally say here's my secret i asked yeah <laughs> i gave I myself out there and i asked them like yeah. a normal person like people are amazed put them with, on like, a pedestal con- yeah. yeah people are amazed with like some of the connections i've made you got such and such you got such and such and i'm like dude i'm also surprised i got such and such okay <laughs> yeah 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 exactly like we're, we're all just humans at the end of the day and we want to make connections you know it's like it's just it's it's chill. It's it's not so bad. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. But I'm I'm, I'm gonna flex real quick. Mm-hmm. I just uh. So like an, relating to that is that like, uh, I was doing this school project um to do with like uh, talking about mature uh, themes in like kids animation stuff mm-hmm. like that like you know uh, representations stuff like that. It was, it was this like school video essay project I was doing. Right. Um. And so I reached out to a bunch of people that are, like I followed, just like being like you know storyboard artists, like uh, people like that. Uh, and I was like, out of just nowhere, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna just message uh, Rad Cycrest, who is the creator of uh, Keeper of the Edge of the Wonder Beasts. Okay. Um, and I was like, okay, we'll see. I messaged like a bunch of other people as well, um, and I, I got a couple of responses back, got some interview stuff. Um, and then out of nowhere, he messaged me back and was like, yeah, sure, I'll answer these questions. So he answered all my questions, everything like that. Uh, and then he followed me on Instagram. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, this is incredible. Like, Rad Cyclist has followed me. Okay, cool. Um, and then he started this, uh, what would you call it? He started this um, these online classes. It's called Filmmaking 101. It's part of this, like, Project City, right. like... Uh, Kind of, he's doing these new lessons that are teaching, uh, teaching like people basically industry skills without having to go to university, some stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll join that. I joined the the, the filmmaking one on one class. Um, did the whole course was amazing. Learned so much. And at the end of the class, he was like, hey man, uh, I really like your storyboards. Do you want to be on as the uh, as a teacher for a future like class? I was right. like, what? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So now I'm like working for him. There you like, go. Nowhere, I'm just like, oh my god! I'm like, I'm now working for Rad Cycrest because I asked them a, a few questions like three months ago, and it's just like, it's just stuff like that that you don't realize. It's like, oh, if you just put yourself out there and actually try and communicate with these people, it's like, you know, you, you can make those connections. Oh, absolutely! I was gonna say first off, that is incredible. I remember seeing, I think it was like the the advertisement or whatnot for whatever you did, like one of your the the, the classes or whatnot. The screen because I remember yeah, seeing yeah, the, yeah. the storyboard for Hugo's Mind Palace. I remember seeing them like that yeah. is incredible. Um, and like, yeah, I, I, I could think of so many opportunities, like even with this podcast, like I've interviewed like a, a guest here and there, whatnot, and it led to like cool opportunities later on. Like, um, yeah, I interviewed it's like episode 13 or something like that. I interviewed like an independent game developer who was like developing his own game, one singular person or whatnot. Yeah. I putting myself out there whatnot, I eventually got the opportunity to be like the main character voice of the game. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so cool. Like, nice. I, like, it, well, you've got a great voice for it. So oh, it's perfect. okay. Now, now, now you're just trying to butter me up. Flash, um, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're already on the podcast. You don't have to flatter me anymore. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's like it, it's, I managed to get here. Yeah, 
<laughs> you, it's like you did not have to you didn't have to try hard to get here trust me your your art and the ideas you have alone are the reason why i wanted you here in the first place all right so i got you covered don't nah, worry mate. about that no nah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well okay fine if that's the case if you don't think so then we'll just end this yeah, podcast I'll, right here uh, just, like, <laughs> just like leaves the call yeah <laughs> oh goodness um no, it's. Wait, was uh, it, is this whole thing been the intro so far? Part of it, I'll, I'll, I'll probably edit some of it out, like little bits okay, here. Okay, right? But I do sure. want to include this as part of it. <laughs> okay, go for it. Yeah. Um, um, also, I'm going to go ahead and ask this because for the little intro, I, I like to you know give like you've listened to the podcast, you know, give a little intro, yeah, a nice yeah. little thing and whatnot. How do you pronounce your name first and last? Uh, Alistair. Alistair Boobly. Alistair Boobly. Got you. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Because yeah. I, I, I looked at your name and like, first off, the first thing that came to mind was Boobly because, yeah. It just yeah, everyone, it's, it's the classic. So secondary school, like my my all my childhood years was either, Bo- oh, are you like my, are you related to Michael Boobly or <laughs> Bo- Alistair Booby is the, the classic one. Well, so the other, feel free to use either. The other, the other association <laughs> I looked at is like, that's not, that can't be like Bowlby, like from Jimmy Neutron is. <laughs> Bowlby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no. No, so Alistair Boobly, uh, got you. Okay. That's it, yeah. Just wanted to be honest I'm probably still going to butcher I'm going to go ahead and apologize. <laughs> it. I, all right, Alistair, before we really get going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast, if I may. Let's say okay. you get to go to a deserted island on your own accord. It's just you, alone with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, breathe. Get to truly enjoy yourself for a little bit accommodations and everything you're not like i say deserted but you're not stranded there's a difference yeah Uh, yeah to help make sure you don't go completely insane on this island you can bring one piece of media or one piece of art to help with whatever vibe you're trying to achieve if given this opportunity what would that one piece be one piece of media and one piece of art or one piece of art just i need one one piece of art oh i see okay whatever you consider media or art that that's under the umbrella in this case if if I were to bring like a film or something, would I would I have a TV to play that? Yeah, film no, like I said, like yeah, you, yeah, okay. you, got, you got your stuff accommodated for that stuff. So. Okay, all right, all right, okay. So, oh, fuck, what? It, oh, I don't know. Cause I, I would say just like my PC, so I could just keep working. But then that's not the point, is it? To yeah, be on a no, deserted no. island, keep working. No, uh, I mean, I've had people tell me before, like they bring like their notebook or whatnot to the island to keep sketching yeah. or whatnot. But I think PC would be a little too loose with the with a the little world. bit too much. It's like, well, then it's just the same thing as being yeah, on a deserted uh, island. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. God, I'm thinking uh, some sort of like game. I don't know, like, something to keep me occupied. Okay. A piece of media. Oh, fuck, I can't uh, think of anything. I'll also say I can, <laughs> I, I'm a little loose with it. I say that, you know, one piece, whatnot. So if it's like a series or something or a collection of okay. something or whatnot, okay. I could also like allow that. But again, just think I'm one piece. Looking around my room, what would I bring? Uh, I guess just like my Switch. Okay. Can I just bring my Switch? Because yeah. like I, there's like I, I haven't played like I played like 10% of Breath of the Wild and I like need to get through it so okay. I feel like I would probably just like force myself to actually play some games because okay. like that's the that's problem I have is I don't like I don't play video games enough like I, I every time I have free time I'm just like okay going to continue working on the pilot going to keep animating but like I want to force myself to like actually play more games so I guess I'd just bring my Switch okay you but. know what? that's fair enough I mean to be fair <laughs> I also have my own Switch like right across the room right here and yeah, yeah it's, it's it's gathering a little bit of dust I'll be honest <laughs> yeah yeah like, yeah, it's just hard to get the motivation of like, am I really going to play a game or am I just going to watch YouTube videos for three hours? It's like, yeah, yeah I'll probably just watch some YouTube 
Yes. It's like, you know, especially with what's on YouTube these days, like it, 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 it provides a good mindless entertainment, but like the switch, it's like you say yourself, like, you know, breath of the wild, how many people have named that? Like, not just like game of the year for whatever yeah, you want, but yeah. like the, one of the, like one of the best games of all time. I mean, mm. it, it's exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like the movie version of you have to watch the Godfather at least once. Cause everyone says, yeah, it's yeah, game, yeah. So but it's well, like, instead of watching a film once, it's like play this 60 hour game. And it's like, I don't really have time. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I, sorry if that's a boring answer, but I just, I can't think of anything else, I guess. I, yeah. I, that, that I don't it. think it's boring. It's not, I don't think that's boring. I mean, it's a switch for, for God's sakes. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Also, am, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Oh, go for it. I don't give a fuck. Okay, cool. All right, all right. So, <laughs> <laughs> cool. uh, I, I just I always slip out like just random fucks throughout by accident because that's just how I talk. I just will accent let one out, and then like I'll be speaking right. to like someone who's like, oh, I, I don't, I don't agree with swearing, whatever. I'll be like, oh shit, I did not mean to say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, fucking, I can't, I can't say anything without swearing. So <laughs> maybe it's the British in me. Uh, but... I, I completely understand. And again, I don't give a fuck. You can swear. I okay, cool. Sick. <laughs> but. Back to, the initial, yeah. back to the initial question. Basically, your Switch right. with Breath of the Wild on it. That is your answer. You're locking that in. So, only Breath of the Wild? Well, not only Breath Am of the Wild. Am I only allowed I, Breath of the Wild? I, I, I'm saying, like, Breath of the Wild probably the first game that you play or whatnot, but I'm just saying right, your Switch right, in right. general because I get it. There's yeah, a yeah, good yeah. collection of games. Switch with, with all the games, yeah, probably. That, that's, what, that's what I'm locking in. There you go. Then, if that's the case... I cannot think of a better way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Nathan Ragland. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Uh, you can support the podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash PMAP. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> he is an animator with a galaxy's worth of ideas on display, including his cartoon pilot in development, Hugo's Mind Palace. Welcome to the podcast, Alistair Bob. Uh, uh, I told you I was going to bunch of Alistair Boobly or Boobly. Yeah, there you go. You got it. Nice. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want to say it and say it correctly, go for it real quickly. <laughs> that, you, you said it fine. You said okay. it fine. It's, it's great. Aside from me absolutely <laughs> butchering your name and having a complete mind fart, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm I'm not too bad. I'm I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Um, I am certainly excited for today's episode. I know whenever our good friend George Edwards uh, introduced your stuff to me, I was certainly amazed and intrigued with what you had on full display. And I truly cannot wait to to really divulge into kind of what the inner workings of your mind, the galaxy brain you got going on in here. But before we divulge <laughs> into what you've got going on, I want to go back just a little bit, if I may. I want to know more or less the origin stories of Alistair. What got you interested in art and animation in the first place? Uh, well, so I've I've basically been drawing ever since I can remember. Like I feel like a lot of artists say the same thing, but like I've been drawing my whole life. Like I'd, I would always draw like just Mario characters because like, I always used to play like Mario games and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I would always draw Mario levels like as when I was like I think like five to like eight, I would just be drawing like just Mario stuff all the time, constantly just drawing random stuff, sketching. Never really considered it as a job because I was eight years old, so I wasn't really right. thinking about that. Um, but then as I sort of got older and I started thinking about like, oh, what do I want to do? Um, I wanted uh, I actually originally wanted to be a film director Ooh. I wanted to make films I wanted to be in the film industry um, and then what sort of changed with that is I, I as I got slightly old I sort of reached like 12 to 14 I sort of started to think like one 
the film industry fucking sucks. I don't want to work in the film industry. I don't want to be a runner for the rest of my life and like mm. be an intern and just work for someone else. And because like the realistically to be a film director, it's 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 like a it's a golden egg situation. Like it's not it's not realistic kind of thing. Um, but uh, and with that, it I sort of coincided with uh, I discovered uh, sort of like. Cartoon Network stuff. Um, I, I'd always like. I always grew up with it. Like I always used to watch, like you know, Johnny Bravo, uh, Billy and Mandy. Uh, what's it called? Um, Courage the Cowardly Dog. All those okay. classics. Like all the all the class. Uh, what's it called? Um, the next uh, kids next door. Teens next door. Kids uh, next yeah, door. Yeah, kids next door. All the yes. classics I used to. I grew up with. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then as I sort of got older and sort of reached that age, I started to watch stuff like Adventure Time, Steven Universe, uh, and I discovered all this news that the sort of like the renaissance of Cartoon Network and, mm-hmm. and Disney stuff like that, uh, Gravity Falls as well. Um, and I was like, oh, this this is what I want to do. This is like <laughs> the thing. Cause like, I knew I wanted to tell stories, but I wasn't sure how I wanted to do that. And I was like, I, not, I like drawing. I like telling stories. Let's put those together. And that's, that's the, that's the dream. That's what I wanted to do. And I, I just sort of became passionate and you know, now I'm, now I'm here. I'm, <laughs> now, I'm making stuff. <laughs> now you're here and there's no turning back at this point. Anyway. There's no turning back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. What was I going to say? So first thing I want to say, as someone that went to school for filmmaking himself, yeah, no, you're perfectly valid with that mentality. I totally get where you're coming from. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, especially... Think- I mean, res- respect to anyone who does. But oh, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's, and, uh, yeah. Like, I, I've had some cool opportunities, like, at least when it came to college. I haven't graduated yet working on that. Don't don't hold me to it but um but no like i've had some cool opportunities there's like definitely cool opportunities with that but again i understand that like especially for some people like seeing that constant grind when it comes to filmmaking not exactly you know ideal but also like yeah Yeah. but also like you know like with animation more than anything else you can correct me if i'm wrong like while filmmaking is cool and there's definitely endless possibilities with that one there's even more infinite possibilities when it comes exactly. to exactly i was just about to say that exactly I, I that's what i love about animation is how you can literally just do anything and there's no there's no like there's no real budget with it like it's more like what do you want to do okay we'll do this so like there's no like oh this is a high budget sci-fi real you know real like live action film we have to make it's like no we're just gonna make this cartoon that has the same stuff but it's all animated and i feel like there's so much more to like to be able to express through animation it's so much more expressive it's so much more colorful it's such more it's such it feels more like a piece of art to me not that film isn't a piece of art but to me i i connect a lot more with animation i feel so absolutely um i was gonna say whenever you discovered kind of those like classic uh, i i I feel old saying classic Cartoon Network stuff or whatever, like just the cartoons in general. Was that kind yeah. of more or less the moment it went from just like a general love for animation stuff to a passion of wanting to make it your career? Or was there like a particular moment that you could think of to where you realize I want to be in this thing for good? The moment I realized I want to be in this thing for good is when I wasn't the classics. I loved the classics, but I never considered it when I was a kid. Right. But the moment I realized I want to see this for sure was Steven Universe. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't think it's it's the best show ever made. Uh, it's personally my favorite because of the connection I have to it. But I think for some reason, for maybe it was just my 14-year-old brain, but I just for some reason connected with it massively. And I was like, oh my God, this is... It, it sort of opened my eyes to like what animation could be. It's not just cartoons. Like it's a it's a piece of art. It's a, it's a method of storytelling. It's a way to teach people about things and, and show the world 
these stories that aren't usually being told it's like it's a whole it just opened my eyes to the world of animation and i was like oh wow okay um, and then that led me to adventure time and all these other shows and gravity falls and i became infatuated with animation as a as a genre not yeah, yeah. animation is not a genre it is an art form. It Sorry, I almost made the, the rookie mistake. It is a medium, exactly. Yeah, I always yeah, made yeah. the rookie mistake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be yeah. honest. It, it, it's always like with how it's been treated for years. Like genre is just kind yeah. of the default phrase or whatnot. But no, like especially the medium yeah. when it comes to animation, especially Steven Universe. A lot of people give a lot of crap to it, especially with some of the storytelling yeah. aspects. And some of them, you know, that's a diff- that's a completely different discussion on its own. But like exactly, even yeah. then, the stuff that it was when it was like when the iron was hot when it came to Steven Universe, like it was revolutionary. Just the it was a hundred percent, yeah. Just the the different characters and development and the storytelling on some aspects or whatnot. The the animation style and the the the, the loose. Also, how loose some of the animation was in general. Like I'm sure you've probably yeah. seen this, but like the fact that like you can tell like an artist's personal taste just on how they like even drew Steven at the bare minimum. Yeah. The fact that that yeah. was like, they were uh, like, that was something that was on display or whatnot. I've always found it endearing more than anything, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Uh, people always criticize it with like, Oh, the character designs are inconsistent throughout, but it's like, I kind of like how charming that is. And you can kind of see the, the storyboard artists like style through it. It's, it's quite nice. But yeah, like I, I would not be here at all without Steven universe. A hundred percent. It inf- like it informed my style massively and it informed like the direction that I wanted to go in. Um, but I, and I, so I can't imagine the countless other people that it also inspired kind of thing. So, you know, it, it's, it's revolutionary. A hundred percent. I just want to say what comes to like the character models, you know, Oh, they did say on model. What's well, like, well, you also have the alternative of what was that? show called like nearly naked animals or whatnot oh yeah barely naked animals like where everything like the flash animation stuff to where everything looks stiffer than a board and for god's sakes we had an animated board with plank and looked more alive than half of those characters exactly yeah yeah yeah. johnny test yeah classic jesus (laughs) (laughs) i actually like johnny test i think it's kind of funny i don't know it's just goofy it's just a goofy show there you go that was gonna say like (laughs) it's funny for the purpose of how ridiculous and over the top it can be at times not for the purpose that people are probably that was probably intended in the first place you know yeah yeah exactly i, w- I, w- I don't know if i'd call it art but it's <laughs> entertainment at least there you go that's <laughs> entertainment well yeah. i'm glad you did talk a little bit about like the art style when it comes to steven universe because that's the thing that i certainly clung on to whenever i first was looking into your stuff the art style that you present personally like it's absolutely incredible like it, it's I, oh, thank I, you. like i i'm sure you i you this is going to sound weird out of context, but like with yours, it's not like anything revolutionary. It's not like you're drawing like realistic animation or whatnot, but it's a nice, like comforting style, at least more than anything else. Like I look at your yeah, style yeah. and I, I feel like at home, like just enjoying yeah. something more than anything else. What was more or less the influences for the art style that you tried to strive for? Uh, well, definitely Steven Universe, uh, but I, I also drew from a lot of other stuff like Gravity Falls, uh, Adventure Time. I love what adventure time does with their character designs in the sense of like they they're not afraid to go very kind of cartoony and they go very like the limbs kind of just go limp the 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 way that the mouths kind of move from like the side of the character's face is stuff like that i love the kind of abstractness of adventure time melded with that kind of uh I guess you'd call it like, you know, I know everyone hates this term, but the Cal art style, I guess. <laughs> um, but, you know, so that's the kind of style that I, I developed because just I, I did happen, like, I'm not ashamed to say, it, but like I am, I did, did happen to be very influenced by the Steam Universe art style. So that's why my style is very reminiscent of that. Um, mm-hmm. 
But more than that, I, I, I like that style as well because um, it's, like you said, it's comforting and it's, it's like a cozy, nice, cute art style. And I, I, I feel like as an artist, I don't necessarily feel like I, I want to, you know, uh, like I, I, I like challenging the viewer, but I, I don't want to come out with something that's really out of the blue and, and really just, you know, completely... Uh, I'm trying, trying to find the right wording for it, but it's like I, I want to... Uh, give the viewer the sense of um, you don't want familiarity like over, uh, and yeah, they get familiar. Like, don't have them overthink. Like, try to look at this thing like a, a, a paper for a school or something yeah. like that. No, like exactly. It, yeah, like I, I don't. Yeah, like because I, I think I respect uh, like what like a hell of a boss and has been hotels doing, but I think it's like I, I'm not trying to make uh, something that's um, really like you know, I don't know, controversial or you know. Uh, hard to watch i'm trying to make something that's like cute and nice and people like and it's it's i i i always i always want to give that sort of sense of um like i'm i'm making something that uh people can find comfort in i guess i don't know how else to word it but it's just like i i i don't like here's something i guess that would make sense is that i'm i'm i fucking hate horror films okay so i guess that gives that gives an idea of like what i sort of like I, i feel like the world is too Here's, here's, a, here's how I'm going to word it. The world is too dark already. Mm. I'm not trying to make anything dark or scary or or really viscerally challenging or like I think there's value in that and in, in in the media and stuff like that. But I think it's like there's also value in finding that sort of comfortable place and that that wholesome kind of thing. Which is which is why I love Steven Universe. It's like right. yeah, you can criticize it, but it's like it, it it gives you that sense of like oh I'm I'm comfortable here I feel safe here I feel happy this is and it helps me grow but it doesn't like it doesn't it doesn't treat me like a baby it's not mm-hmm. a baby show but it also f- gives me that sense of comfort and safe safety that's what that's what I want to create with my art I guess right I, I mean, don't know if that that completely went off an, on a tangent but yeah <laughs> no it's fair and it's valid I yeah. mean I get it. like I said you want uh, like I was saying before whenever I was describing it just kind of that that cozy comfort that you can just sit down relax and just enjoy what's on the screen instead of trying to like analyze yeah. in 20 different ways just something to like brighten up the mood no matter what the situation might yeah, be yeah exactly know? yeah I, I i loved how you were talking about the the adventure time like art style or whatnot um there's a podcast who ho- like another former guest of the podcast um adam uns uh host of the spark parade he recently brought on uh what's the youtuber's name cave town i think it's what they're called or whatnot oh, cave town. yeah the, the, the artist yes yes they, like they the musician yes the musician they brought oh, them wow. they brought them on to talk about their spark of inspiration because that's what the podcast is about just you know hey what's your spark when it comes to whether how you carry yourself or the 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 work that you do and cave town was talking about how their inspiration was adventure time how they recently just got into it and like yeah they've been really like binging it more than anything else i'm um, talking about like how cool that art style was but also like how incredible like the story developed especially when it came to to that like you know it started off just being you know this nice cutesy show with like these cool random things to where it became this like deeply invested lore with like 20 different paths that all like got uh tied up at the very at the end or whatnot and then distant lands adding on to that or whatnot just like yeah yeah. so i I mean i'll I'll say this i think my personal opinion is that adventure time is the greatest animated show ever made that's my personal opinion. You can disagree if you want. Ooh, but, controversial um, take on the podcast. <laughs> controversial take. <laughs> Adventure Time is a good show, huh? Yeah, but yeah, no. I, I think I think like that. That also ties into the other thing of like 
you can you can see Adventure Time as just this comforting, cute, kind of cozy place, but it simultaneously like can teach you so much about like life, death, yes. the universe. Like if you've seen the like I guess spoilers for for the um the 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 Finn and Jake Distant Lands episode, but uh, it, like that episode made me sob. That yeah. episode was heart wrenching, and it's it's like it's not it's not even just like oh a character, uh, you know like died and we're dealing with the loss it's like no this this is about mortality this is about like you dealing as a human being with the idea that you will die and that you will lose the people around you it's like it's it's not like it, it, it's it's comfortable it's cute but it lets you it lets you it, it challenges the audience in, in that kind of sense of like it teaches them these massive things about life and you know the universe and everything like that so it's like think that's what makes it such an amazing show absolutely. is that it's not afraid to go into that and 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 be really raw with what it what it talks about absolutely but yeah I, I mean i know i was gonna say like especially that distant lands episode like it, it was not only just like a list about mortality just in general but i feel like it was also like uh, like uh the pen pendleton wars like way of kind of letting the audience know like you know yeah the show's gonna you know the show is over and whatnot you know, in one way or another, but like you still get the shares. Cause like for a lot of these people, and you can attest this as well, they invested years into these characters. They, they connected with these characters on so many different levels more than anything yeah. else. And like, exactly. and like kind of dealing with the fact that like, yeah, it's over, but like all the good stuff that came with that, yeah. all the journey that you guys it's, went on. So it's, it's a genius way of layering the kind of metaphors. Cause like, it's the same way with the, with the original series finale, the, the, uh, it's like the the ooh like ten ooh ten thousand years plus whatever it yeah. shows ten thousand years uh, or sorry one thousand years in the future, and it's it's like what I love about that show is that it's like it it, it doesn't it doesn't treat its characters as sacred kind of thing. It, the characters die and are forgotten in a thousand years. Like they're just like Finn and Jake are just gone. They're mm -hmm. like no one even remembers who they are. Like oh we found this like even Bimo who's still alive is like. I think his name's Frank. It's like it doesn't—he doesn't even remember who he is. It's like I think that's so genius because it's like these no like you you might love these characters, but these characters are just people and they live in their own world and it's like they will be forgotten and one day you'll forget them and it's like it's such a valuable lesson to teach. I think you know just like that nothing's you know these characters aren't sacred or godlike. They are they are easily f discarded yeah. kind of thing in in a kind of respectful way yeah. if that makes sense. It's, in the not, same, it's the same way that we are. Yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> kind of exactly. Thing. Now, yeah. I, another aspect that I think you absorb from shows like Steven Universe and Adventure Time, not just the art style, but also like the storytelling a little bit. I kind of got that with some of the shorts that you were able to push out or whatnot. Um, I hmm. Like, uh, what was it? The the humans are really weird or something along the lines of that. That little short oh, that I yeah, saw. Yeah, yeah. That one and also yeah. uh, Sky Farm, just like how for both of those short films that you that you developed or whatnot, like – they have these like unique scenarios and these unique characters and whatnot, but also like there, there seems to be like almost like a comfort, like a, a familiarity with like the stuff that they would talk about. It was like, yeah, yeah. You know, mm. like the, the humans are really weird one. I love that short because it's like, you know, because it, it, it's like, especially considering the fact that for when we're recording this, it's around Halloween time. Uh, very oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like, I love how it's like, you know, they're just having like just a casual conversation about, man, humans are weird. And like, I could imagine you and me having that regular conversation just saying, exactly. yeah. how, how much, yeah. how much like, what were some of the influence for some of your storytelling aspects as well? Like, would it be some of those shows I talked about or was some, or is there other ones that kind of influence how you like to tell a story? 
I think definitely uh, Adventure Time is, is a massive influence uh, with that as well, uh, in the sense of like you. I, I just I I find so funny, and I, I I really enjoy when Adventure Time will have these characters who are these like otherworldly beings or these really powerful people who just sort of like. You're right. They just sort of talk normally. They're just like very chill, very <laughs> casual. Like I love that sort of stuff. I just love that specific like humor of like, oh, I expected something, I don't know, a bit more intense than this. It's just sort of chill, like, you know, whatever. Uh, and also, I guess more like writing stuff. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is definitely yes. a massive influence. I love Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And what, what I love about that is is the kind of the like... And what I want to bring to uh, Hugo's Mind Palace is the kind of optimistic nihilism of um, stuff like that. So you see, like Rick and Morty, who's massively nihilistic, nothing means anything, whatever. But uh, what I what I'm more interested in is the fact that it's like, yeah, nothing means anything. We're all going to die, but also we can find meaning in in our life, and and we still have fun, and we can still enjoy things, and we still be, still be happy, even though the universe means nothing, you know. So it's like that's what Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and in in part Adventure Time does a lot as well. Um, so I love I love those sort of like existential kind of questions and those sort of like very very deep themes, but you know, still leave you with a sense of comfort rather than like existential dread kind of thing. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I. I certainly appreciate that. It goes back to like what we're talking about when it comes to the the art style as well. Just kind of that like comfort and uplifting like mentality. Whenever you want a person to sit down and like watch your stuff more than anything else, I feel yeah. like that that ties in perfectly with that more than anything else. So hmm. yeah, I, definitely. Uh, it, I like I I love that. I love that mentality. I can certainly see that with some of the stuff you're pushing forth. We'll definitely talk about that when it comes to Hugo's mind palace more than anything else. Cause there's a mm. lot to really divulge into that. I did mention yeah. the short really quickly. I just want to talk about this because I watched the short of sky farm and I was just amazed with yeah. that more than anything else. Like <laughs> what influenced you to make that kind of short for those who don't know what is sky farm and what influenced you to make it. Okay. Well, so sky farm is a short film I made. Uh, I think what, like, three years ago now jesus christ yeah. um yeah about about three years ago um it's about a farmer who lives on a cloud and he's he's farming ca massive carrots uh, and he gets really jealous over a, uh, another farmer who's got bigger carrots than him and he he uses some sort of a uh, magic soda to basically make his carrots bigger um and then uh, there's this whole I, I guess i won't spoil it but it's it's <laughs> just like it, it it is it's a big journey of uh uh, it's it's about like jealousy and it's about um, uh, yeah I, I guess it's mostly about jealousy but also about um, like not not comparing yourself to others kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the the way that that um, film was made, interestingly, like there's a, there's a story behind that, is that um, I, I remember once sitting around uh, with my group of friends, we were just talking about like our future and stuff like that, um, and I at that point hadn't done any like short film yet or oh, I hadn't made like an animated short film okay. um and basically we were just talking about our futures kind of thing and like what uh you know what we we're going to do kind of thing and I was like oh I want to do it I want to go into animation and he was like have you like done any film yet and I was like oh no but I just want to go to uni for animation I, I like I should have thought about this but I I didn't I didn't like 
I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, which it isn't. But my friend who doesn't know anything about animation was like, "You should probably make a film." And I was like, mm. "Maybe I should make a film." Fuck. What if I don't get into university because I haven't made a film? So I spent the next year making a film, uh, and I made Sky Farm. But um, what actually inspired that film uh, is a, a trip that I went to uh, in Norway. Uh, I, I went to Norway. It was like one of the first of the trips I did alone. Um, and I was. I remember hiking around the fjords. Uh, and there was just these beautiful, like pristine, like if you've ever seen the movie uh, *House Moving Castle*. Yeah. Um, just that, that you know, that scene where it's like the the massive endless fields and these like huge, big, you know, like massive blue uh, blue skies with clouds going past. I was basically in that place. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. This is beautiful. I want to make a film that that gives that kind of sense of massive open, you know, beauty kind of thing, like these, like in the sky. Um, so and I sort of kept developing it, and I eventually developed. Sky Farm because I wanted to have that kind of you know I, I like the the aesthetic of big open sky and, and clouds kind of thing I don't know yeah. I mean but, no, it, it, it's yeah. it, like I said it was a wonderful concept I thought it was just fun more than anything else just kind of seeing like because you didn't ha- I'll say this bluntly you didn't have to put in the sky you did not have yeah. to make that farm. you could have just had just two regular farms and like some of the humor that was showcased through that you could have done that on the ground but yeah. like the, the sky aspect obviously gives the unique aspect of like you know seeing the carrots or whatnot but I just thought it was just yeah. like fun more than anything else that to have that kind mm. of concept like I've noticed with a lot of your stuff, it's the concepts that you develop from it seem to be the, like more outer worldly kind of stuff. What yeah, is it? Yeah. What is it about these kind of like, I'm not going to like fantasy esque ideas that like, what is it about those that creatively get you going? Oh, these are great questions, by the way. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, the otherworldly stuff, like, I think it's, it's so much more, um, interesting to tell stories that are like not like that kind of uh break out of uh what do you call it um, our normal reality kind of thing i'm always very very interested um in telling stories about uh sort of shattering the illusion of our like perception of what we think of as is normal reality and like challenging that kind of thing so i always want to uh, bring in these these sort of like other ideas from other places like basically reminding people that like we don't know everything about the universe that the, there's these other massive things that are going on or might be going on or whatever mm-hmm. um so i don't know I, I i guess i just i like stories like that and i like i like uh bringing in those sort of concepts i just think it's cool yeah i just think it's cool to, to do stuff like that i don't know so you know um and I am actually currently developing uh, a an idea that is like the most grounded idea that I, I have so far. I think I've I've definitely I've definitely mentioned it. I've 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 done a post about it. Uh, it's called uh, Ends of the Earth, okay. which is, uh, and it's about these just like four British stoner teenagers, and they find there is like an element of otherworldly because they find an alien, but it's still based on Earth and it's in the real world. So it's kind of like that's the most like grounded idea that I've ever made kind of thing yeah. so that's a, that's an interesting new step for me but yeah <laughs> but i mean even then like you kind of illustrated this a lot earlier when you were talking about the reason why you got into animation in the first place just kind of i can imagine especially with the outer worldly stuff kind of the the infinite possibilities that are out there like to creatively just like reach out and attempt to like explain something because like especially yeah you can imagine like when it comes to reality like there's there's already the amount of like rules and limits that are available when it comes to mm. that. Meanwhile, you go to this hour worldly stuff. Who knows what the fuck can happen? You can make shit exactly, up. And it's actually yeah. real. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 I just I just love that idea. That's that's why I I like stuff like Hitchhiker's Galaxy and even Rick and Morty and stuff in the sense of like it's just like we there's that we are so limited in our perception of everything that we like we have no idea what's going on. 
but at the same time like when we get there it might not be as like this you know it might not be as like interstellar you know tran like transcendental as we might think it might just be like oh this this god is just like chilling and he's he's on his phone and he's like having a you know he's like yeah you're right like yeah you've discovered this amazing thing about reality but at the same time it's kind of the same as your regular reality like i'm just chilling you know like yeah. i don't know that i like that kind of the the intermingling between that like the the fact that it's like like nothing means anything but at the same time uh it's it's not so different from your usual everyday life kind of thing right absolutely absolutely and but, i know that the best case you're going to be showing that is the creme de la creme and the really big like meat and potatoes of the conversation that I wanted to get to. And that is this concept that you're developing called Hugo's Mind Palace. Now, yes. I, I, th I think that the, the best question to obviously start this is for those who have no idea what in the world we're talking about, how would you describe Hugo's Mind Palace? And once again, how did you develop this concept in the first place? Okay. Uh, well, Hugo's Wine Palace, uh, or the logline for it, is uh, three interdimensional retail workers travel the multiverse in search of artifacts to sell on their shop in Earth to pay off their rent. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, it's these three characters, Hugo, Sam, and George. Hugo is a human with a third eye. Sam is a, a sentient robot, and George is a sentient piece of dark matter. Uh, and they basically they have this illegal dimensional portal in the back of their thrift store on Earth where they go to different dimensions and they steal artifacts uh, or trade them or whatever whatever happens. <laughs> they, 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 they obviously these, legally acquire them. They legally obtain these, these artifacts um, <laughs> and then they uh, bring it back to the shop and sell it for profit. Um, so that's that's the overall concept of it. Um, but yeah. How did you develop uh, this I, in the first place? Because it, it's uh, it, it goes back to obviously us talking about like this fantasy outerworldly stuff more than anything else. But like, mm. I, I I don't know if I could come up with a concept like this because like it's both like so uniquely like out there and like fantastical like million different galaxies away, but also like so grounded and down to earth when it comes to just the concept or whatnot. How did you develop this in the first place? Yeah. So. Uh... Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. So I've I've had the I've had these characters and these ideas for ages, and okay. I definitely wanted to. Uh, but well, the idea originally stemmed from I wanted to uh, basically incorporate this idea of these like otherworldly existential kind of concepts, uh, this this kind of like psychedelic kind of imagery and and art that I'm really inspired by. Mm -hmm. um, these like you know there's a lot uh, these uh what you call it there's like dmt paintings that i'm really interested in okay. and like it, there's there's a lot of like a lot of art like that which i don't see in animation a lot um it's only usually in like avant-garde film like stuff like that that you really see stuff like that um and i wanted to bring those sort of concepts of like opening your mind you know entering these other worlds kind of thing uh in a more kind of esoteric sense rather than a rick and morty sense because a lot right. a lot of people i find a lot of people comparing he goes my past to Rick and Morty, which I can see it, it's it's fair. Um, but I feel like Rick and, the way Rick and, the way it's it, it sort of departs is that it's it's less like future armory sci-fi and more kind of esoteric, psychedelic, uh, sort of philosophical. If that makes sense, it's no, more like uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Midnight Gospel. That's, that's a, another show. That's that really exactly what by. I was gonna say. It's like, it's, like yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's less Rick and Morty, more Midnight Gospel with the way that yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Especially when, when Midnight Gospel came out. Yeah, when Midnight Gospel came out, I was like, damn, it's really similar. Fuck. I was, like, <laughs> I was, really, I was really upset. I was like, oh, it's really, oh, no. Um, but yeah, no. So, like, definitely that, like, inspired it as well. Um, but so I've had these characters for ages. It was originally just going to be uh, Hugo on his own, and he, he somehow gets this third eye, and he travels through different dimensions, and it's going to be this, like, 
Lord of the Rings type journey where he goes to different dimensions and then slowly meets George and Sam throughout. But I thought that wouldn't really work as a, as a show. So I kept developing, kept, kept developing. Um, and then I, I, then I came up with the idea of like, oh, what if they just were in one location where they had this shop? I just wanted them to be in this one location because I, I knew that um, a lot of shows are like that where you have this kind of one setting and ha- making a show where, because uh, I wanted it to be slightly episodic as well. Mm-hmm. In the sense of, uh, I, I I wanted them to be able to just have this one place where they go to, and it's always there, and it kind of resets every episode. But there's still this, you know, in, interwoven law that you know will will be scattered throughout as as it goes along. But uh, so I came up with the idea of the shop, and then from there, it's, the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, I uh, mean, that, that's that's where the idea was formed. I mean, if I may say, it's at least history in the making because, by God, like every, yeah. every little bit that I've been able to see from Hugo's Mind Palace that you've been able to present, whether it's the initial trailer or the little clips that you've been slowly working on or whatnot, like I'm loving every single little bit of it. I, I love the, I, I'm loving the the setting that you have with the thrift shop, but also like some of these outer worldly, like unique scenarios that. Again, I don't know if anyone could ever think of more than anything else. Um, mm. Having having the, the the character dynamic that you've been able to present with Hugo, Sam, and George. I mean, I just <laughs> I, I'm gonna start go ahead and say this. George is slowly becoming like my number one favorite character right now. Just everyone, as- <laughs> everyone fucking loves George. It's like it's, it's the one go to that everyone always says. They always want George plushies. They want George everything. Everyone <laughs> loves fucking George. It's like <laughs> I, I guess I guess he's kind of like that by design. He's kind of naturally a very lovable character. I mean. He's just that he's just that cool friend that like especially with like the teaser alone the fact that like you know in this little like supposed to be like super serious like you know hey you know how did we figure out how to do interdimensional travel such and such well here what not and just pops in with the hey i found a dimension that's full of ice cream you want to go yeah. like that, that, that that's the kind of stuff that you want from a friend more than anything else yeah 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 that, that's that's a really good point actually i never really thought about george's like I don't know, like that that friend that you really like, you know, the friend that you like maybe isn't always there for you, but you still, for some reason, just keep wanting to hang out with. Like you just can't help yourself. You're like, I just want to hang out with him. He's just so cool. Yeah, Even though, like you know that he would never, he would never do anything for you, but like it's still that kind of like you just want to hang out. Well, it's not always there for you because he's focused on himself, or he's got twenty other friend groups that he's associated with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or he's trying to do a fucking phishing scam that's got 17 offshore bank accounts that he needs to maintain <laughs> only <laughs> 17 NFT man scam. oh jesus yeah. <laughs> only 17 those are some rookie numbers right there let's be honest know, uh, <laughs> no but like i i'm just loving every little bit that i i'm seeing of this like how is like how has the development more or less been for you when it comes to developing this stuff because like you said you've had these characters for years so what made you realize that you wanted to go from just having the characters or whatnot to like going forward and making this like a true like tangible thing so uh how it started was i actually uh saw i don't know if you've ever heard of this other pilot that was made by this like 14 year old called bob's world um it was a, uh, yes it was a, i've heard of it i've heard yeah. of it it was this pilot that came out, I think, back in 2020, and it was made by, it was like 14-minute pilot, full, brilliantly animated pilot by this 14-year-old. And it was basically, out of, out of spite and jealousy, I was like, <laughs> I want to do this as well. <laughs> I was like, no, I, I, was, I was sort of like, I was just sort of like, I was inspired more than anything, because I was like, if, if, he, if he's doing this, he's this 14-year-old kid who wants to make a show, I can definitely do this, you know, like I, I, I want to, you know, it sort of pushed me a bit like to get off my ass and actually start making it kind of thing. Cause right before they were kind of concepts, I just sort of always be drawing them. Uh, and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it now. And I, I made, uh, I made the, uh, the TikTok 
the original TikTok that um, mm. blew everything up. Um, if 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 you're not familiar, it's it's this TikTok I made way back in 2020 as well. Um, basically, just I didn't think anything of it, but I, I basically just talked about the concept and was like, "This is the idea of the show. These are the characters," and it was this kind of cute little edited TikTok kind of thing. And then that out of nowhere got like 700,000 likes, and oh. then everyone was like. Do you want like I like I want to make this? I want to be a voice. I want to help make music. I want to help animate. And I was like, oh my god! So <laughs> I set up a Discord. I was like completely overwhelmed, but at the same time extremely grateful and like and excited. Made this whole Discord, um, and then years years went by, and now I have a full cast of voice actors and musicians, and it's amazing. And it's like if it wasn't for that initial push, that inspiration of like I can do this, I can make this myself, I, I wouldn't be here, I guess. I mean, but, um, absolutely. I mean, it's it's incredible how social media, like, on both aspects, from the original, from the initial concept of seeing that Bob's World uh, pilot on YouTube, like social media in that aspect, and also social media TikTok, really puts like, yeah, yeah kicks you in the gear and really gets this thing yeah, going. Yeah, more yeah. Like, it's, it's it's great. It must have been incredible more than anything, especially the TikTok, like seeing that there was actually an interest for a concept like this instead of you just being like, this would be fun to do at some point. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is, like, I'd never had any any sort of response like that ever in my entire life. I was like completely blown away. I was like, I did not, I didn't think this would ever happen to me. Um, so it it sort of was just like completely out of the blue. Um, and it, it, yeah, like like you said, it it sort of kicked it sort of kicked me in the butt and was like, make this. <laughs> Clearly, people want this. Supply and demand. Give give them what they want. So now I'm like now that's what I'm doing, you know? So it's like, I guess following what, you know, I'm very grateful that people like something that I came up with and I, I originally liked, but it's that kind of thing of like, I'm not only doing this for me, but I'm doing this for, for them. And I'm doing this for, you know, I guess, yeah, like the the, the concept itself. I think it's, I think it's, you know, I, yeah. I, I was inspired to make it kind of thing. I mean, more than anything else, like this is a word I haven't used it, but like, it's a very charming concept more than anything else. Just kind of having, obviously Thank like the, the, both like the, the uniqueness of obviously like these outer world scenarios, but also like just the, the, the humor and the lightheartedness of like, you know, yeah, these are just three retail workers just trying to get by. So they're going to go to mm. whatever world possible just to get this stuff done. Like that just, yeah. that's fun. And it's another one of those things of I'm surprised there isn't more stuff like that out there. Like you've, you've listed a couple of examples when it comes to like, you know, midnight gospel or, like Rick and Morty or whatnot, but those have they have their views and uh, of how they want to tell their stories, and they have their, yeah. uh, I guess, motives and their storytelling techniques. But like with you, you're just looking for a good time, and I just think it's fun mm. that you're you're developing this more and more. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely wanted to I wanted to include something uh, that that because I, I knew I wanted to make the show in some way related to uh, a commentary on like capitalism. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, I wanted to sort of, uh, I definitely wanted to include that kind of idea of like, take these characters taking these, you know, these almost like sacred otherworldly, amazing scientific discoveries that like, I guess in any other context would be like mind blowing and would revolutionize the planet. And they're using it to like pay off their rent kind of thing. So that's <laughs> the kind of, that's what I wanted to like go for and bring that kind of like, charm but also like bring up the idea of like you know maybe we're not we're not taking uh our natural world seriously enough and we're, we're sort of ad taking advantage of it kind of thing so it's that the kind of dichotomy of that i guess but i mean that's that's yeah. it's it's 
I, I say it a million times already. I'll say it again. It just looks incredible, and I'm already. I, I'm certainly one of the people ever since I got introduced to this. That's certainly excited to see the more that you develop with this, especially with like the characters that you have involved. Like I love the the three characters you presented so far with, or the three main characters. I say with Hugo, Sam, and George once again. Mm. Like I know you said Hugo was kind of more or less like the one that was there first, and you wanted to have it. How did you develop the characters in the first place? Oh, well, so so Hugo, uh, I, I knew I wanted to have a main character who had a third eye because I thought that was a really cool just design and I yeah. designed a bunch of characters like that before. I was like, oh, okay, that, that's a kind of cool idea. Um, and then as I started to develop the idea of like, oh, maybe he's going to different dimensions, different realities, the whole idea of, and the symbolism of the third eye meaning the, the mind, you know, it's, it's the, the idea is it's the, uh, the key into the mind kind of thing. Right, the, uh, the portal to the, the mind more than anything else. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's the the third eye opening is this you know there's the, a whole symbolism to do with that. So that's how I sort of developed him, and I gave him the sort of like Futurama fry hair, and just sort of like made him made him a very. I wanted to give him a very intentionally uh, sort of muted like white black uh, sort of um, color palette uh, aesthetic color palette because I knew that the whole the whole show is going to be very colorful. So I wanted him to sort of like contrast that. Um, originally, uh, originally uh, Sam was going to be a reality technician. Ooh. So originally, so I, I, I don't know if you can show a picture or something, but like um, Sam was originally a, basically an orange cube that looked more like uh, Darwin from Amazing World of Gumball than anything else. Okay. Uh, so she, she she was originally this uh, reality te technician that was going to be really pissed off at Hugo for breaking the laws of reality because uh, <laughs> the idea was that like she... Uh, so this is a whole other thing, but um, there's this concept in like psychedelic stuff like that and in DMT um, known as the clockwork elves, uh, where basically the idea is that uh, it's, it's more of a theory. It's not anything like that, but um, it's it's more like it's not like I don't, I don't believe this or anything, but it's just it's just a theory and it's just an idea that uh, people who take DMT experience this sort of thing, where they um, uh, don't do drugs, kids. This podcast does um, not advocate the, disclaimer, the disclaimer, use of... <laughs> do, do not do not do DMT. Um, but the idea is that people who have these experiences sometimes will encounter these these entities or, that have been coined as clockwork elves, who okay. are these beings who maintain reality, and they're the ones toying at the behind the scenes of reality, keeping it in place, keeping it going. Mm -hmm. So I was really inspired by that. I was like, oh, that's such a cool idea. So I wanted to bring that in, and I, I made Sam one of those, basically, clockwork elves, and Hugo's breaking through this reality, and he's like, I'm not supposed to be here, and she's like, yeah, you're not supposed to be here, you're breaking the rules here, and she was going to tag along on his journey, and then George originally didn't have a mouth, even. He was going to be this floating... Uh, sort of like he still had a body but he'd be sort of floating around and his personality was a lot more chill and nonchalant and sort of was like oh whatever go with the flow kind of thing but also kind of like snarky mm -hmm. if, if, I guess I think if you, if you know if you've ever played the game Undertale yeah. um the, yeah, I think everyone has. But um, <laughs> if, if you know, you know the character Metaton. He was definitely yep. more inspired by Metaton okay. uh, back then. That this was like early, early, early stuff. I'm just thinking about the origins of the characters. Right. But since then, they've completely changed. They are like completely different things now. Uh, but yeah, that's I guess it's the origins of the characters. I, I knew I wanted to bring in these otherworldly characters and have this kind of very straight man, like normal guy who would be like, like you know forced to come in contact with these characters and be like oh my god what is going on you know so that's just that's the kind of the idea of where they came from 
I mean, like, even that initial concept, and I can only imagine that the initial dynamic, I mean, I imagine some of that has definitely carried through as, you know, the concept and the characters, like, change ever so slightly, but, like, the dynamic, especially that these characters share more than anything else, I love it on so many different, like, aspects or whatnot. Like I said, you know, we Thank talked you. about we talked about George going from, like, this chill dude, just kind of the, the everyone's best friend, you know, even, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even though he's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love, like, Hugo's, like, both, like, I guess enthusiasm would probably be like the best word for Hugo more than anything. Yeah. Cause when I was like, you know, yes, we have to do this as like, you know, go forth positive mentality, no matter what, like going through this stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah we can power through. We can figure out a way to get through this. We got this more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. And like Sam's cautious, caution this, but yet, I guess willingness to yeah, just go neuroticism. through with it. neuroticism. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the dynamic is just like so cool. Like how important was it for you to have that kind of dichotomy when it comes to these characters? Well, it, it it sort of it developed over time, and I sort of like realized that like how how vital it was as I was sort of developing them. But I sort of realized that they 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 fit perfect. I even included this in the pitch bible uh, mm-hmm. for Hugo's My Palace. Is that they have a this perfect uh, sort of triangular uh, trichotomy, I guess you could say, okay. in the sense of like they all they all bounce off each other in a in a kind of nice way, in the sense of like. George enables Hugo's stupidity, but Hugo sort of keeps George in check. Uh, George and Sam constantly conflict, but they relate to each other in the sense that they both don't belong in this sort of human world. Um, uh, Hugo and Sam are very like connected in the sense that they both have this willingness to... They're kind of quite optimistic and they kind of want to help people, but at the same time, they conflict because uh, Hugo isn't, I guess all there all of the time he's kind of a bit you know he can he can be a bit fallible and cowardly sometimes so it's that it's that they have this very nice uh trichotomy in the sense of like this is something that is really important with like writing as well as like make sure your characters write themselves kind of thing because they if you have if you have characters that are you know um that are interesting enough that they can kind of carry the story by themselves then you're you're you're, you're sorted kind of thing because then you don't have to you don't have to think too hard about what how a character is going to react to a situation yep. you just know immediately like oh george is going to do this you yep. know kind of thing it's like that's that that's like if i can give any like i guess advice for anyone who's like writing it's like just like make characters that write themselves and that takes a while but you, you do get there over time no absolutely i i I can certainly tell that not just with the main characters, but some of the the little teasers of the other characters that we've been able to see here and there. That like just side characters, whether it be one offs or whatnot. I I have to talk about one of my favorite side characters that we've only seen like thirty seconds of something like that. Can we talk about Daryl? Daryl just seems like cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually yeah no I I do love Daryl. Daryl is a very recent addition. Um, because originally I was going to do a like a twenty minute pilot, okay. um, and I was going to spend the next like three years working on it. And I thought realistically, if I spend three years working on a pilot, I'm going to end up hating this project, and I want to mm. get it out as soon as possible. So I, I sort of reworked the whole idea of the pilot. It was going to be this whole different adventure, and I sort of I sort of condensed it down and, and made it a lot more simple. Sort of changed up the story a bit, and I was like, okay, I, I I knew I wanted to have the characters go to this other place, but I didn't want it to be too complicated and too like you know they have to traverse this new land which is what the other one was going to be um so i came up with this idea of like oh they they go to the spirit dimension which is this very dangerous place but at the same time it's very very simple straightforward you know what the spirit dimension is going to be like and they interact with this sort of uh this this god character who uh 
was going to be the was going to be very hyped up in the sense of like he's the master of eons he he like he scours the you know in time and space for artifacts to add to his you know master collection kind of thing right. and was I was going to make this kind of very scary thing and then when you meet him he's just this like gamer who's like <laughs> playing angry birds on his phone and he's kind of like just like yeah whatever kind of thing so i knew i wanted to have a character like that um so i i, I was like how how can i come up with how should i how should I design him and how, what, what should I name him kind of thing? I just thought the most basic, I don't know, name I could think of. <laughs> I'd, 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 been watching, I'd been watching a lot of The Office at the time, the, okay. the, the American The Office. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite characters is, is Daryl, uh, the one of the, the um, what's his name? It's like one of the technicians, I think. Um, right. Yeah, one of my favorite characters is Daryl. Uh, so I was like, I'm going to name him Daryl. Um, <laughs> and I, I remember messaging my, my um, uh, the, the group chat that I have of all my voice actors being like, oh, so what do you guys think about this new character, Daryl? And then they immediately all were like, I love Daryl so much. I want, <laughs> this is amazing. Like Daryl's fantastic. Um, and then I recently found a voice actor for him. Amazing, vo- amazing guy. Um, so yeah, we're, we're all, we're, we, we all love Daryl. He's, yeah. he's, he's a nice, he's a nice addition. And, and I feel like he, he helps, he helps keep the story very compact and it's, you know, in the, in the pilot at least. I mean, I can certainly yeah. agree with that. Again, I, you, you've only posted like a little teaser of Daryl, like not even, th- I don't think it's even 30 seconds long or whatnot, but just the short yeah. interaction that you have with Daryl and the three game <laughs> characters or whatnot, like it's so simple, but like you were saying, you developed a character that essentially like wrote itself, like, you know, super hyped up character or whatnot, right. like, you know, the end all be all when it comes to gods. Hey, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly yeah. That's exactly what I love. Yeah, it's it's the it's. I don't. Know, I just find it so funny. I like it. I, I, it go, yeah. it goes back to not only just kind of the the characters that you develop, but also like the dynamics and the the storytelling more than anything else. Because I imagine for a lot of people, they would see like this ultimate like god character, and very rarely would they see them make the god like a relatable like just regular yeah, dude yeah, more yeah. than anything else. Like I, they're out there, but like just seeing that <laughs> dynamic, it goes back to like how interested i'm how interested i am with the story you're planning on telling with this more than anything else like Mm. i can only imagine like obviously like the pilot's gonna be one adventure but i can only imagine like once again going the fact that we're doing this outer worldly you know multiple galaxy multiverse whatever you want to call it or whatnot the amount of adventures you probably have planned for this show like even past the pilot or whatnot has to be like insane i i i really like wish I could talk about everything that I have planned. <laughs> I really wish I could. I could. I could divulge all the ideas that I have, but that would that would just ruin everything. But um, I, that's the thing is that like I I, I really want to make this thing, um, and I, I I hope that I eventually will have the opportunity to do something like this at least. Um, yeah. But you know, so yeah, I've, I've I've been preparing for the for the uh, the possibility that it, it is actually made or something like that. So I have a bunch of ideas stacked up for you know future for future episodes and what right. you know what's going to happen the the, on, the overarching law kind of thing so yeah there's definitely ideas there well if i if i may divulge into that i guess third eye for real quickly yeah. well now obviously you don't want to have to go into details you obviously want to leave stuff for the audience but, whatnot, but what's more or less the the vision that you see when it comes to hugo's mind palace what do you hope to accomplish with hugo's mind palace okay well i i think um like the story I want to tell with it is that it's it not only tell not not only teaches us or like what I want to I guess teach with it is that it it's uh like that's the whole thing we're talking about with uh, optimistic nihilism how yeah the universe is scary and big and and dangerous and full of 
hopelessness and, and despair a lot of the time. But we can we can bring familiarity and comfort and joy into it through like love and through you know stuff like that. And and like it's that it's that kind of like it's delving headfirst into like the darkness of reality. But with this sense of like hopefulness and and like you know wonder that you know staying in our hearts kind of thing. I don't know. That's that's the kind of the, the overall kind of I don't know. I guess uh, thematic kind of overarching story of Hugo's Wine Palace. Um, also, there's there's a lot lot of topics I want to go into with um, like what it means to be human. The idea of like uh, like confronting death stuff like that. Like I was saying with Adventure Time, mm-hmm. um, a lot of very like existential ideas of. Um, like life and death, the universe, uh, you know, what it means to, uh, I don't know, be a good friend, stuff like that. Um, but I guess that there's a more sort of like esoteric other themes kind of thing, but I guess for more concrete ideas, I definitely want to, um, uh, go into a lot of kind of interesting sort of sci-fi just like, I just want to, I just want to simultaneously, I want to tell an interesting story, but I also want to have an excuse to include very goofy, just sci-fi stuff like I, I grew up watching Futurama which is one of my favorite shows of all time yeah. it's genius I, I, th- I think it's 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 great so I love the whole idea of like uh you know bringing all those sort of sci-fi concepts into it um uh I, I guess yeah like there's there's an idea for an episode I have where they go to just a, a world of just endless swimming pools and they're just going on holiday <laughs> trying to find like different swimming pools there's an idea that me and my friend have been coming up with where uh, George uh kind of um hides uh well no not hides but but puts his money puts the shop's money in an offshore bank account in another dimension that gets raided by pirates and then the pirates then take over the bank and basically uh they have to try and get their money back from the bank and it's it's, so just like goofy concepts like that um definitely for the for the early episodes i want to i want to try and include if, if if it ever gets if i'm ever blessed with it being made this is starting to sound like if Infinity Train was invaded by Futurama while also watching yeah. Mike Tyson Mysteries at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah, I, definitely. I'm already uh, like I, I, I said it a million times before. I'm already loving this concept of just hearing you talk about it more and more. Like it gets me excited more than anything else. Seeing what could Thank potentially you. be out there. So I have to mm. know. Obviously, like you're working hard on the pilot, right? I imagine you're working hard yeah. on the pilot right now, like trying to get that done. Yes. Can you give us like a rough idea? Obviously, like if you don't have like a specific deadline, but what would be like the rough idea when to expect more from Hugo? So uh, I, I'm planning on like this isn't concrete, but I'm right. planning on having the the pilot come out. Hopefully, if everything goes right, it will come out uh, in around June next year. So okay. around the beginning of the summer next year. Um, so because I'll, I'll basically this is I'm I'm now. Uh, in my third year of university and I'm basically doing the Hugo pilot as my third year film for university. Um, So I was like, kill two birds with one stone, finish university and finish the pilot. (laughs) So, um, and all my lecturers hate me because it's 11 minutes and they're like, don't go over four to six minutes. I'm like, I'm doing an 11 minute pilot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so uh, luckily I had a bit of a head start, but um, yeah, so uh, hopefully that'll be out then. Um, after that, it's honestly, it's honestly, who knows what what might happen, what the future will hold. But um, I guess my, my current plan is to somehow maybe get some sort of uh, fundraiser or like Kickstarter to maybe make some more episodes. Um, obviously, the dream is to be picked up by a studio, but uh, I've, you know, who knows if that would ever happen. So preparing for the the more likely thing is that I, I would 
have some sort of Kickstarter set up where maybe if, if people like the pilot enough and there's enough people behind it, we could make a little team of animators and we could we could, you know, I could actually pay them fairly and, and we could all, you know, make make it together kind of thing independently, like the way that uh has been not husband hotel, but uh, hell of a boss is doing yeah. kind of thing. Um, that that's the that's the dream at least. But um, I would I like I'm gonna give it as much as I can and and do as much as I can to make it a reality. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll have to just wait and see. But uh, right now I'm enjoying making the pilot. So yeah. even if that's just the only thing that gets made, you know, so be it. I, I still I still would have enjoyed the process. Oh, absolutely. But, um, I mean, I can only imagine. Yeah. I can only imagine. And I do want to say I love the idea of like the the you know getting to the point where you can actually have like a little crew or whatnot actually make this thing for yeah i forgot to mention this sooner but also like not only the the crew of animators but a good like voice acting crew because you already got a good crew as is i've got to say part of the thing yeah, that no. se- part of the thing that sells me on the characters is the voice acting you have present like especially tom clark 100%. voicing hugo or whatnot um just, yeah, I, yeah i kill it like did most of those come whenever they initially saw like the tiktok or whatnot like how'd you find these incredible voice actors yeah so um yeah, the, the the three voice actors is um, yeah like Tom Tom Clark, uh, uh, Cat Granis who does Sam, uh, and uh, Ray Fieser who does George, and they're an amazing cast of uh, voice actors, so unbelievably talented, and I'm so unbelievably lucky to be uh, you know even in contact with them and and stuff like that. But um, uh, the way I came into contact with them was from the original TikTok. So they uh, were on in the Discord that I made afterwards. I made another TikTok being like, if you want to audition, come to the Discord. And I made this whole channel where people would send in their voice lines or they'd, they'd audition. When, I think we got through about like 300 auditions. It was ridiculous. Like so many auditions. It literally took me about like four days with all my friends to go through all of them. We were literally looking, because we had to look through and be like, is this right? And then we had like, we had a whole selection of like five people who were like, oh yeah, like comparing each one is like, well, which one's better? And it's hard because it's like, it's not like in traditional thing where you can like call them back in and be like, do more, you know, do more to see kind of thing. And we did an, an, at the end do a little sort of thing where it's like, send us more voice lines. Uh, we've selected you to see like, and, like I gave them a huge like paragraph to read out in the voice. Right. And then they would, they would sort of read that out and, and then we'd compare that because it gave us a more sort of full understanding of like what the voice was like and then eventually we we, we came into uh the, the the three that we found which is I, I could not be happier with um and more interestingly is is that uh uh fraser henderson who voices daryl mm-hmm. uh originally auditioned for george and then uh <laughs> sort of uh, I, I when i when i did the daryl thing i was like oh can i just for this i was like yeah sure and he did a brilliant daryl i was like okay yeah because like, i was originally going to be like it was it was between you know sort of like that so I, I I I'm happy that I could bring him back and and have him as be a voice as well. Yeah, so absolutely. I can only imagine. Yeah. The, the, I can only imagine not just with the voice acting crew but just the crew in general the amount of talent that is already getting into this what little you're able to to get so far to truly develop this because like again yeah. especially seeing how the TikTok blew up hearing how the TikTok blew yeah, up yeah, yeah, I can yeah. only imagine the amount of people that are just like I need to get involved with this one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and and with with the with the musicians as well it's like. It's incredible. Like, I've, I, like there's some fantastic people who are working on it now, and like some of the soundtracks that are being made. I'm like, are you sure you made this for me? Like, did you not make this for a film? Like, it's like it's. I'm like, I'm so like, it's it's unbelievable imposter syndrome sometimes. Where I'm like, I don't deserve this. This is so good. Oh my god. You know. But it's at the same time you have to have the sort of idea of like people like the idea. It's okay. You know. Yeah. Sort of like. So I'm I'm yeah. It's, I'm very incredibly grateful. Um, and I also have some brilliant animators, background artists as well. But yeah, amazing people. Yeah, absolutely. I can't, I can't can't be more grateful. 
I mean, I can only imagine it again. Like I said before, it makes me excited to see what's next. But for this next question, if I may, let's see what's next. If I give you more or less the dream scenario, if I may. Okay. Let's say uh, I am big shot, Mr. Moneybags. I come to yeah. you like, look, Alistair, we know, we know, we know there's something incredible here. Yeah. We know that there's a potential <laughs> gold mine for some incredible stuff right here. You just need a little extra push more than anything else. Something to help us get to that point. We have access to anyone and everyone in whatever art industry possible and more money than there should be possible. We should probably be taking care of so many different issues, especially because the animation industry, probably giving people pitches, stuff like that. We'll focus on that in a second. Right now, we are focusing on you and you alone for this next one. If okay. given this opportunity, what would be the Dream Alistair Boobly project? Dream Alistair Bibby Project. Yes. Oh my god. And, and why would it just be twenty seasons of Hugo's Mind Palace? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is that it's it's like like I haven't even let myself think that big because okay. it's like you can't like your your brain is like you know I don't know my my brain can't comprehend that, that much because I'm like just focus on the pilot focus on the pilot don't think too hard about the future <laughs> but it's like so I'm but yeah I mean I guess like the dream dream scenario would be to be able to make. I guess um a I guess with the same sort of budget and like the same animation style as like a Miyazaki film okay um would be like to to create some sort of like uh beautiful this beautiful film uh that would be um I, I mean, I, I'd have to come up with one on the spot, but it, it'd be like, um, so I guess it, it'd have some elements of Hugo's My Palace in the sense of those otherworldly things and it'd talk about death and stuff like that. Um, and I'd want to create like a, a film that like really resonates with people uh, that's like kind of timeless. Like, I don't know, like, because if you've given me the unlimited budget, then I'm, I'm, I'm thinking too much. But I guess like that that's like the, oh my God, like Alistair is now this like auteur, but like, let's, so let's bring it down a bit. Um, if, if I were to make like a series... I guess yeah, I would I would love to uh, make something like Hugo's Mind Palace or Ends of the Earth. This this very this very lovely um, you know like like a show that's similar in the sense of Our House, Adventure Time, Steven Universe, all those sort of shows mm -hmm. um, that is on maybe Cartoon Network, something like that, like a like a studio on on Netflix, something like that, where it's, uh, I guess I have more creative freedom. I guess I'd have unlimited creative freedom in this dream scenario. So um, I'd make this. I'd make uh, Hugo's Mind Palace. Um, or something like that um, that would that would go on TV and, and the internet kind of thing and I'd have unlimited freedom to to tell whatever story I want um, but this this also this also reminds me of something that I wanted to talk about which is um I I really don't like the uh, I mentioned this on TikTok as well I really don't like the divide between adult animation and kids animation right. I hate how yeah. there's how there's a difference between like oh I'm making this adult cartoon where all the characters are having sex drugs violence killing you know whatever it's like every it seems like every adult show has to have that to gain the status of like adult show mm -hmm. um and then i think the only one that can really challenge that is maybe like midnight gospel yeah. and i guess like bojack horseman but even those have insane levels of drug use and insane levels of sex and insane levels of violence um so i guess it comes with the territory but um I guess what what I would want to do with Hugo as well is is push that kind of idea and have the idea that you don't have to be in one genre or the other. You can kind of be in this in-between state. Because with right. film and, and TV, there's a bunch of like teen stuff. Mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of stuff that are made for older audience or younger audiences. And it's like, I want to, I want to, I guess that would be the dream scenario and like the impact of the industry would be to, to challenge that idea and bring to the table a concept that isn't, you know that can be enjoyed by everyone, 
that can be enjoyed by kids and adults, yeah. but also isn't limited by you know stupid rules that kids TV is is put on, and isn't isn't limited culturally in the sense of like I'm an adult cartoon, so therefore I have to be crude and and you know push the boundaries of you know like I don't know, be really funny and I don't know some, some, like a lot of things that you see in a lot of in adult animation. Yeah. Um, so that's what I want to do with Hugo's. Hugo's I would want to be more of like a teen show, yeah. I guess, kind of thing. Make that it pushes the boundaries. I say that like I, I feel like the issue, and you correct me wrong, but like the issue is not the fact that they're you know people are either defined as either adult or kids. It's the fact that it seems like when it comes to animation in general, there has to be that dichotomy in the first place. It is either a yeah. kids show or it's an adult show. If it's a kids yeah, exactly. show, they have to limit it to the kids audience. If it's the adult, yeah, uh, you know, animation, why not? We gotta make it seem, appeal to all sorts of adults. There needs to be, I'm not going to say like a definition of like a middle ground, because there certainly is cartoons out there, at least in my opinion. Like you were talking about like Mid- Midnight Gospel is like a good example of like, you know, yeah, yeah, there's some drug use or whatnot, but still, but like most people could probably watch that and relate to it. I'm thinking of like, yeah. you know, like Adventure Time, Infinity Train, you know, Steven Universe, like, yeah, a lot of that stuff is catered to kids or whatnot, but like yeah. some of the stuff that you can watch, with, you can watch some of those shows like that. Uh, Gravity Falls is another example. Yeah. Like, you can watch that kind of stuff and like it relates on so many different people on so many exactly. different levels. Like, yeah. The, but the issue is, is not the fact that, you know, there are shows out there that relates to one or another is the fact that they have that label slapped onto them exactly, whether or not yeah. well, at the end of the day i think <laughs> we need to get rid of that prefix animation exactly animation can be a medium to tell whatever story exactly. no matter what the age is so exactly so it's it, that's the problem is that animation in its infancy started off as just for kids mm-hmm. like it was just it was only for kids so we're still unlearning that as as time goes on we're still like animation still evolving and like now there's adult animation which was pioneered by like the simpsons so there's now these two factions of like animation which have been born now we need to break that system like you just said you know and 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 say that animation isn't these little categories of things it's it's a medium like you like we said before it's a medium not a genre so it's like um and like you're saying about with Adventure Time and Gravity Falls, it's like those are kids' shows, but they're like they are begging to be teen shows, if yes. that makes sense. Like they they want to be teen shows, but they they have to be kids' shows. Like there's so many jokes that like Alex Hirsch wanted to write in Gravity Falls that he just couldn't because it was limited by Disney. Like we couldn't, he couldn't have a joke about pentagrams. Yeah. It's like it's stupid. Like we shouldn't have these limits on on these shows, and it's it's hard, and it's this you know it's it's a dream utopian scenario, but. I think if if we push it and we keep going and we eventually uh, will have, will have, we will eventually get to a place where animation is recognised as this is a gradient of storytelling rather than you, uh, you know just a just a you know two genre two little groups of things yeah. kind of thing yeah I, exactly I, I, sorry I love that word a gradient of categories that is a beautiful way yeah. to word it um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so going back to the original question, so basically when it comes to the the dream scenario, whatnot, how about we just yeah, yeah. how about we just give you a studio? Is there like well, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. you can just do all these ideas, you can do all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I guess yeah. So I, I would I would do all the ideas that I have. I'd ha- I'd make all the shows that I could possibly make. I'd be like <laughs> Seth MacFarlane, just have seventeen <laughs> shows. I'd, <laughs> I'd have like Hugo's My Palace, uh, Ends of the Earth, and all the other ones that I'm I'm, I'm cooking up. Well, there you go. But, you know, so like, yeah. All right, that's that's the dream scenario. That is the dream scenario. But sadly, we gotta get down from the dream scenario. We gotta get back yeah. to reality ever so solidly. Now I'll ask the Pressure. ever. So, yeah, no, tell me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And I'll ask the ever so generic question. Where do you hope to see yourself, say, five to ten years from now? Uh, five to ten years from now? Oh, five years from now, I guess the dream scenario would be, at, at the very least, I'd love to be working in a studio somewhere, working, being a storyboard artist uh, on, like, a show. Uh, that would be amazing. That's, that's, that's like, my, that's my first stepping stone dream. And I'm like, mm -hmm. if I can get there, maybe I can get to the next bit and then to the next bit. Yep. Um, uh, so I guess somewhere like that, maybe maybe in a writing role or something like that. I'd love to just work in the industry somehow. I'd love to work on a cool show that um, someone's developing. Um, and then 10 years from now, dream scenario, well, I guess realistically, if we're not talking about dream scenario, we're talking about realistically, uh, hopefully making a show. Mm -hmm. uh, if not, still working in the industry, still, still doing it, still doing animation, working on cool projects, telling cool stories. Um, but this is why I think it's like, it's important that, you know, we're ha we have this new revolution of like online stuff and like people creating things independently. Right. Like it's not necessarily that like, oh, like hopefully I can get there because some executive will, will give me the green light and will, will bless me with be like, Alistair, you, I'm, I'm giving you the permission. I'm, 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 I'm giving you the, the freedom to make this. It's like, no, what if I just want to make that myself? I just want to, I'm going to do it. You know, like I don't necessarily need uh, a, an executive to tell me what to do kind of thing. I can, I can, if, if I can somehow, uh, somehow like, uh, what do you call it? Um, manifest this, uh, this idea of like, I can, I can create my own job or create my own business and, and do it independently. Then why not? Kind of thing. That's a, that's a thing that Red Cycress is doing. He's, he's pushing, uh, that a lot. And he's, he's trying to make his, he's trying to make his new, uh, show ideas. And he's just posting them on TikTok. He's just making animatics and posting them on TikTok and funding them independently. So it's like, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll just try, try that as hard as I possibly can. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where things take me, but well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. That that yeah. that would that would be that would be wonderful to see if I do say so myself. Um, yeah. As we start to wind down the interview, I just have one last question I want to ask. Obviously, you've sure. been deeply entrenched in art and animation for as long as you can remember. Like you said yourself, yeah. that you can draw for as as long as you can remember. How important mm. is art not just for you but for the world as a whole? Oh. Okay. Um, that's a hard question, but I mean. How how important is art in general? Like just all art. Uh, all art again. This is your definition. This is for okay, you to okay. define. So, well, I mean, there's there's the there's a famous quote which I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely butcher, but it's um <laughs> it's like uh, it's like um it's like science, engineering, maths. Those are all very noble causes that. Uh, help you know further humanity and help help you know keep up keep our livelihoods in place but um art poetry uh cinema all that is why we keep living it's why we keep going you know it's why we eat food it's why we wake up in the morning it's for the, those are the reasons we we create art you know like that's the that's, that's the reason we you know uh live is to is to experience art and create art that's kind of like at least in my opinion that's what you know we're put here on the planet to do is to is to you know talk to each other and communicate and uh collaborate and, and create beautiful art and and question our existence as much as we can so i think it's it's vitally important without art there is no humanity humanity is art i guess <laughs> if you could i don't know if you could uh if that makes sense but you know um i think i think it's yeah it's the most important thing ever in my opinion well, that is yeah. wonderfully worded, if I do say so myself. Thank um, you. 
that is all the questions that I have for you, Alistair. Um, obviously, I, I've showered you with a whole bunch of fucking praise, but you know what? I'm going to show you with a little bit more because it's my podcast. I do what I want. Okay. Uh, <laughs> look, like Thanks, I said, bro. <laughs> you, yeah. you are most certainly welcome, bro. Um, no. Uh, Ed, like I said, whenever Ed first introduced me to your stuff, uh, just seeing like the, the concepts and seeing like what you have developing more than anything else, I was instantly hooked, line and sinker, like just ready for whatever you had to talk about, whatever you had to present, because I instantly fell in love with the concept. I love the characters. I love the concept. I love the, the style that you're presenting or whatnot. Like it's all there for something incredible to happen. I, I was really excited to talk about it, getting to sit down, get to talk to you, get to hear your story, seeing how you developed the stuff, hearing the passion you have for this project and hearing how important it is not just for you but for everyone involved and everyone that is enjoying it it lets me though that no matter what happens with this project it's going to be some of the most high quality animation that is independently out there and i am certainly excited to oh. see how are you going to push forward with that because Thank i so i i know you i know you can do some incredible stuff i i can tell just from again the little taste or whatnot there's something incredible ready to be unleashed into the world i don't know if the world is ready but you know what we're just going to open <laughs> it we're just going to open up that portal whenever we get to it so okay yeah the, 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 <laughs> the long and the short of it is alistair thank you for what you do thank you for pushing forward and presenting this to us because i'm one of many at this point that's excited hopefully many more whenever they hear more about this but i'm certainly ecstatic to to see what the future holds for you whether it be with hugo's or not i'm excited so thank you for what you do oh thank you so much but i, I could say the same for you man like, i think honestly <laughs> like you're you're such an amazing host like it's your 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 questions the way you present the way you structure everything the way you've been like keeping the conversation flowing and going is 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 really great like you have you have the stuff for to be a very good uh, host or sort of you, ha you have that sort of uh, host um presenter sort of personality which is really really impressive i think and at the same time all the connections that you've been making all the people <laughs> that you've been talking to like you're definitely going to go places because you have infinite connections you have you have everything and it, you know it's like I'd, I'd love to see some of your stuff at some point um you know, like and I've, I've I've just followed you on Twitter as well, but um, yeah. So I just th I, I can't thank you enough for letting me onto your show, and it's a, it's an honor and a, and a privilege to be here. Um, but you're, you're you've been an amazing host, and I, I thank you for that as well. Well, firstly, let me find the tissues because I think I'm gonna cry. <laughs> uh, now, th th yeah. thank thank you sincerely for the kind words. I just it, like for me personally, I'm just trying to push. I'm trying to push the stuff out there that I want to see more than anything else. I'm trying to present yeah. the stuff out there that I want to That's see. That's really admirable, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you could attest this, like, you know, as cool as it is to have those 700,000 people liking that TikTok or whatnot, I can only imagine yeah. how hard it is for you to promote yourself sometimes, how hard it is for mm. you to, like, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. talk about yourself. And, like, that... God, they're going to be started on TikTok. Jesus <laughs> but, like, nightmare. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but, like, even then, like, what you're presenting out there, like, it's, it's cool, it's incredible, and I want to talk more about it. Like, the people that I bring on, I'm genuinely interested in what they're doing and what they're presenting and i i love talking about that stuff if that leads to a good conversation that people like and a good i guess hosting mentality or whatnot okay yeah, yeah. cool but at the end of the day I'm, yeah. just, I'm just talking about the stuff that i love with the people that i want to talk about it with so yeah exactly yeah so but, that's that's awesome but sincerely though thank you for the kind words they they, they genuinely do mean a lot to me i really no worries bro that's it they, they are honest <laughs> there you go honesty is the best policy around here <laughs> and if people want to honestly see what more could be brewing in that galaxy brain of yours when it comes to hugo's or whatever may be happening next go ahead and plug yourself for the people at home 
Oh goddamn! Uh, so follow follow postmod art pod on fucking on YouTube. Uh, I, I, made, I made those plugs in the beginning. Okay, it's yeah. your turn to plug. Yeah. Uh, no, but I I have uh, an Instagram which is uh, Alistair Draws. It's spelt weird. It's A L I S T A I R. Um, so that's Alistair Draws. I have a TikTok which is Alistair underscore Draws. I have a Twitch which is also Alistair Draws, and I have a, uh, a Twitter which is, which I don't use that much, uh, which is Alistair Crat, which is spell weird. You just have to look it up. I don't, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to spell it out, but yeah, it's um, I have I have a bunch of things going on. Uh, I have the 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 the, the, the Alistair's Discord Palace Discord as well. If you want to join at some point, it's all in my link tree, which is in the bio of most of my social media stuff. So yeah. There, there you have it. There I am. You can follow me if you want. <laughs> I'll say, if nothing else, I'm going to be sure to have all those links down in the description below. So I got you covered. Don't worry. Okay, cool. Um, Thank you. Do you have any final words before we sign off? Um, I can f- keep, keep making art. Keep doing it. Keep animating. Don't overwork yourself. Uh, be nice. Make the stuff you want to make. Don't worry about what executives say. Just fucking do it, and then people will come. That's that's the that's what the most important thing is. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for letting me on your show. <laughs> thank you so much for your time, and thank you for the fun conversation. Um, hey, and, uh, yeah. and if Daryl's interested in coming on at some point, you let him know. Uh, oh yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> I, I'll, I, I'll let him know. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure we could talk about I don't know games or yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure there's yeah, some art, like something like that. I'll, I'll, I'll try and meet him in the dreamscape tonight if there, I can. There you um, go. That works yeah. for me. But until cool. then. <laughs> All I have left to say is for the people at home, hasta the way, go me, amigos. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end. If this is your first time listening, uh, sincerely, thank you from the bottom of my heart for sticking around to this point. Um, I know it's interesting, the people I've been able to bring on this podcast. I I say it over and over again, but I'm constantly amazed with myself. And Alistair, if you're listening to this point, you were certainly no exception to the rule. You were a wonderful guest. Um, The conversation we had was absolutely outstanding. And I sincerely know we're going to be talking more because I just, I couldn't get enough of just our chat. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And the thumbnail you did, absolutely stunning. Absolutely loved it. Instantly like a top 10, like thumbnail of all time. I'm not joking. <laughs> I, I loved it. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. You know, I hate to bring this up. But all the talk when it comes to to Twitter and stuff, you know, it it gets me thinking more than anything else about the connection. You know, without Twitter, this podcast probably wouldn't exist or wouldn't be as successful. I wouldn't have as much connection to artists and I wouldn't be showcased to so many incredible artists because Twitter was what... I grew up on, kind of, in a sense. I remember first having Twitter, I want to say like towards the end of middle school, if I remember correctly. I remember at least using it 
It's probably in the middle of middle school. I remember using it a lot in Florida when my mom first moved down there. I mean, I used it kind of off and on here and there. Like, I wasn't fully committed to using it. And that was just my personal account. But whenever I really went forward with some of this stuff and went forward exposing myself to artists and whatnot, Twitter was the way that I was able to get connected to people and really get to introduce myself. And now with everything that fucking Elon Musk is doing, Jesus fucking Christ, I, I'm, part of me is scared, part of me is concerned, but part of me also knows that this is more or less just, you know, new guy comes in flexing his muscles and trying to figure out how to get the money that he just lost. Um... There are a million different ways that this stuff can go. I just hope that at the end of the day... Look, at the end of the day, let's just be honest. I just want better for artists when it comes to just social media and just the, the career of art in general. If you look at 2022, it has quite possibly been like one of the worst years of art, period. Let's let's be blunt for like two seconds, alright? So many different projects getting cancelled or getting redone so many different ways... NFTs becoming a goddamn thing and fucking putting a major dent when it comes to the industry and shit because fucking crypto bros wanted to, to, to come up with some stupid shit. Mergers, corporate mergers becoming quite possibly the worst things to happen to artists with so many studios, big studios trying to get money one way or another and having to cut so many projects, get rid of so many projects, store away so many projects. I saw the quote that fucking Zalaz had the other day or whatnot. And, and now with this going on with Twitter, potentially getting rid of a potential outlet for artists to really push out their stuff. Artists, we've had it rough this year. You guys have had it rough this year. And we're not even, we are only two months away from the end of the year. I, I feel so exhausted just seeing all this stuff on top of the stuff that I'm already dealing with in my personal life. Mainly work. It's just work. Work has been killing me. But that's aside from the point. I just sincerely hope that no matter how things shake out with everything, artists are still able to push forward. Artists are still able to find a way to thrive in one way or another. And artists are able to prove just how important art is on so many different mediums and modems and all that stuff. You know, at the end of every podcast, I ask how important is art not just for you but for the world. I ask that question because for everyone it is a different answer. But at the same time, they all at least reiterate that it is very vital that we have art. And if people keep finding different ways to try to suppress that art... Art is just going to come back. They're going to be throwing harder punches. And they're going to find ways to let themselves be known. Artists are going to let themselves be known. Hey, we are here. We are not backing down. And the artists, I don't know if you take what I say to heart. But you guys fight like there's no goddamn tomorrow. You guys keep fighting. Don't let petty bullshit like this. Okay, one media platform is down. Find 20 more. Develop your own or something like that to where we can grow. You know? 
projects get canceled, fine, go out of your way to make your own. It may not be ideal, it may not be perfect, it might put you in a fucking hole, but you know what? Make that fucking project. Give people opportunities. I know you guys have it in you. You guys are doing incredible work out there, and it should not stop no matter fucking what. I, I love each and every one of you guys, and I appreciate everything that you push forward. And I sincerely hope that you guys are able to find ways to keep going. Because the stories you're telling are incredible. The characters you're introducing are incredible. The art that you're producing is stunning. And I want to see everyone thrive. Not everyone is going to thrive. That's just the, the, the nature of the beast. That's just the machine at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, I sincerely hope that you guys, if you guys are not successful socially or not successful financially, I sincerely hope you guys are at least successful spiritually with these projects. Because at the end of the day, you guys deserve it.